Welcome to Grew 2 Movies Presents Darkness in the Film Industry. This is a 20-part series detailing certain acts and behaviours of particular actors, film producers, directors and other socials within the film industry. This is not for the faint of heart. This 20-part series will detail certain events and circumstances in relation to child abuse, conspiracies, general abuse, and even murder. Please listen at your own discretion. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Gruesome Twosome Movie Reviewsome, and also welcome to episode two of the 20-part series, Darkness in the Film Industry where I, your host Ebony, will deep dive and discuss particular actions and behaviours of those within the film industry. This includes details on events and circumstances in relation to child abuse, conspiracies and even murder. Before we get into episode 2, Victor Selva, I'd just like to say that during the series I will not be discussing Army Hammer or Harvey Weinstein. I believe both of these figures have been discussed in detail recently that I would not be adding anything new to the discussion. Now, with that being said, let's get started on episode two, Victor Selva. Hey, I'm Karen. And I'm Aubrey. And this is Chicklet, a literature comedy podcast where we enjoy getting lit and talking about books that spoke to us as young adults. Yeah, book it was um, dope as fuck. Yeah, I did you used to get it. the little personal pan pizza. Yeah, just for oh my god, just for you. Yeah, shit- nobody can take that shit, dog. <laughs> But we also cover movies with special guests, and it can get pretty crazy. I'll make a controversial statement. I will take this over Space Jam. Is that controversial? It People love Space be. Jam. We might have to. We might have to stage a fight. So, if you enjoy YA fiction, that fool of a fairy, Lucinda, did not intend to lay a curse on me. She meant to bestow a gift. Boozy beverages. Little shot of Bailey's and your coffee. Coffee, pizza, and Bailey's goes together like. Doesn't go together. Like it doesn't go together at all. And the power of friendship. I'll be like, I bought your Christmas present. And she'll be like, What'd you get me? I have to know. <laughs> Tell me right and now. And I'm like, Henry no. gets so irritated because I'm like, Do you want your present now? And he's like, It's like October. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Then we're the podcast for you. We've been best friends for over a decade. So join in on the fun and grab a drink, y'all. January 6th at 1.15pm, the day that Dry January died. The beginning. Born in Martinez, California, Selva was raised as a Roman Catholic. His biological father abandoned the family and Selva stated that his stepfather was an alcoholic and physically abusive. The adolescent Selva was very interested in horror and sci-fi. His favourite monster movie was Creature from the Black Lagoon, and in 1975, the local newspaper reported that Selva had sat through Jaws 55 times. Don't get me wrong, I like Jaws, but 55 times? I'm good. (laughs) By the time he graduated from high school, Selva had written and directed more than 20 short and feature films. To finance his filmmaking hobby, he often held two jobs during the week. Selva's family disowned him at 18 when he came out as gay to his mother and his stepfather. Clown House and Francis Ford Coppola Clown House is a 1989 American slasher film written and directed by Victor Selva in his feature-length directorial debut. It stars Nathan Forrest Winters, Brian McHugh and Sam Rockwell as three young brothers stalked by escaped mental patients disguised as clowns, portrayed by Michael Jerome West, Brian Weeble 
forgive me if I said that wrong, and David C. Reinecker. Clownhouse marks the second collaboration for Selva with Winters and McHugh, who previously appeared in his short film Something in the Basement in 1986 and Rockwell's first film appearance. In 1988, Selva was convicted of sexual misconduct with one of Clownhouse's underage stars, who was 12 years old at the time, and videotaping one of the encounters. Commercial videotapes and magazines containing child pornography were also found in his home. Selva pleaded guilty to lewd conduct, oral sex with a person under 14 and procuring a child for pornography. He was sentenced to three years in state prison, of which he served 15 months. He completed his parole in 1992. Just let that sit with you for a bit. Three years he was sentenced. First of all, I think that's way too fucking short of a period regardless. But not only that, he only served 15 months of the three years anyway. He had commercial videotapes and magazines containing child pornography and he only had to serve three years, which ended up only being 15 months. Like, that is mind-blowing. I know you hear of this sort of stuff all the time, especially in the film industry, but my God, 15 months, not good enough. During filming, the sixth grader's mother, Rebecca Winters, began to suspect that her son was being terrorised both on and off the set. Victor said I couldn't go to the set, she told the Los Angeles Times. He said Nathan couldn't work if I was there. I just had these feelings. I confronted Nathan and he admitted to me, he said, I have a secret and I can't tell anyone. Police raided the director and former former child care workers home where they found child pornography, including a homemade pornographic tape that showed Selva engaging in oral sex with his pre-adolescent star, He spent the better part of a year grooming me and my parents, Nathan Winters recalled in an interview. Developing the trust, it was very calculated and a long process, as it is with most pedophiles. Now on to Francis Ford Coppola, who is an American film director, producer and screenwriter. He is considered one of the major figures of the new Hollywood filmmaking movement of the 60s and 70s. Coppola is the recipient of five Academy Awards, six Golden Globe Awards, two Palme d'Ors, and a British Academy Film Award, or BAFTA. In the mid-80s, Selva's 37-minute short Something in the Basement took first place in the fiction category at the Sony AFI Home Video Competition, a horror allegory about a young boy awaiting his brother's return from a bloody war. This highly acclaimed short went on to win several national awards, including a bronze plaque at the Chicago International Film Festival, and brought Selva to the attention of Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola then produced Selva's first theatrical feature, Clown House. And in a 2006 write-up, he said, You have to remember, while this was a tragedy, that the difference in age between Victor and the boy was very small. Victor was practically a child himself. In actuality, Selva was 29, while the boy was 12. 12. 12. The boy was 12, Selva's 29. Now explain to me, explain to me, Francis Ford Coppola, how... How Victor is practically a child himself. I am 29. At the moment of this recording, on the 15th of November, 2022, I am 29. And I can tell you now, I am not a fucking child. I'm immature at times, but I'm not a child. And I definitely know the difference between being with someone my own age and a fucking 12-year-old. How? How? How do you publicly state that you're okay with this? It just... It just blows my mind. It really does. 
The Winters family sued Coppola's commercial pictures for $5 million. Rebecca Winters said that they eventually settled out of court for barely over $100,000. Not only that, Coppola has continued to support Selva financially and professionally throughout the years since. Why? (laughs) It makes you wonder if maybe Coppola is also in on it and, like, he's into children. Which would be so fucking devastating because he really is such a great in the film industry. But to back someone like this for so long and publicly, like, it's it's a little sus. It's a little sus. Ooh, I've been dying to try this place. Oh my god, me too. I've heard such good things about it. Welcome to the Crime Diner. I'm Cindy. I'll be cooking for you this evening. Here are your menus. Ooh, what are you thinking about getting? I don't know. Murder with a side of cannibalism? What about you? Ooh, that sounds good. I'm torn between historical mayhem and the social injustice, maybe? Oh. I just want to let you know that each episode comes with dinner, dessert, and a specialty drink chosen by yours truly. Wine Diner Storytime has had a makeover, and we invite you to slide into the booth with us at the Crime Diner, where each week we will discuss a crime over dinner, drinks, and dessert. See you there! The Release of Powder Selva next made his first big studio picture, Powder, in 1995, the tale of an albino boy with special powers that make him an outcast. At the time of the film's release, Selva's conviction became known to the public when his victim came forward calling for the film's boycott. Disney officials stated that they had been informed of Selva's crime only after the production of Powder had begun. The week Powder was released, Winter's then 20, and five friends picketed a pre-release screening of the Disney film. They held signs that said, support the victim, not the victimizer. And Victor Selva, writer, director, child molester, and distributed leaflets that said, please don't spend your money on this movie. The protest drew national attention to Selva's crimes and imprisonment, and hand-wringing followed. Especially because of the involvement of Disney, which is often viewed as a national trust rather than a for-profit company. Despite the negative press, though, Powder performed well at the box office to bring Selva more work, which is a cycle that's been repeated throughout his career. It's really, like, just reading this and depicting this back to you guys, it just makes me so uncomfortable for so many different reasons. But to know that there's people out there like this, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not naive, I'm very aware this occurs in multiple places and believe me I'm a little or too familiar with it but it's just it's heartbreaking what kids some kids have to go through like imagine being so excited to star in your first role or your first tv you know appearance or first movie appearance and you're so excited to you know be around directors and and this crew and the set and bright-eyed young hopeful just to have all your dreams crushed so early on so soon it's really disgusting and it's really heartbreaking and we as a society need to do better the justice system across the board I mean this obviously is happening in the states I'm from Australia 
And to tell you the truth, everything is a slap on the wrist here as, as, as much as it is in other places. And it's really not fair. No one should have to go through anything even remotely close to this. But alas, we keep going. There is more to come. Next segment is his films and the homophobia and homoeroticism throughout. Selva has not shied away from engaging with matters of homophobia and homoeroticism in his films. And in the example of the tone-deaf joke in Jeepers Creepers 3, that was excised pedophilia. In the scene, Addison, who lives with her grandmother because her stepfather was making overtures towards her, is being discussed by two boys. One character says to the other, Can you blame him though? I mean, look at her. The heart wants what it wants. Am I right? And in Selva's 2011 film Rosewood Lane, a cop pursuing a male teen suspect complains to his partner about having to go to the boy's parents' house again. Christ, they're going to think I have a thing for their kid, he says out of nowhere. These aren't comfortable artistic choices, and in addition to his massive baggage, Selva's insistence on being provocative might contribute to his marginalised career. I've worked with many great filmmakers, and in terms of filmmaking ability, he could be one of the great ones, in my opinion, O'Hoven said, which was a producer, but he probably will never be because there's too much that goes with his name, obviously, and he will continue to be punished for it. Well, no shit, he'll be continued to be punished for it. He should be continue. He should be punished for it. Fifteen months in jail is not a punishment. <laughs> it's a slap on the wrist. Like these people, I just I don't understand. <sighs> Victor and the film industry. Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan, best known for her roles in the films like Scream, Jawbreaker, which I fucking love that movie, and Planet Terror which I also fucking love that movie. <laughs> She's also known for having a very loud activist voice. McGowan is an activist for gay rights and campaigned against California's Proposition 8, which sought to ban same-sex marriage in the state in 2008. In late 2009, McGowan was among several celebrities who participated in the protest No Hate. In 2017, Time recognized McGowan as one of the silence breakers, the magazine's person of the year for speaking out about sexual assault and harassment specifically in regards to the Harvey Weinstein sexual abuse cases and the Me Too movement. On January 31st, 2018, Citizen Rose, a four-part documentary series produced by Bunham Murray Productions, following McGowan and her role in the Me Too movement premiered. In 2018, McGowan was announced to receive the Inspiration Award at the GQ Men of the Year Awards. It's because of this that it came to a surprise that when she was interviewed back in 2010 for her role in the upcoming Selva flick, Rosewood Lane, and asked, well, Selva is a convicted registered sex offender, which might account for some social awkwardness, that her response was somewhat defending him, stating, yeah, I still don't really understand the whole story or history there, and I'd rather not, because it's really not my business. But he's an incredibly sweet and gentle man, lovely to his crew, and a very hard worker. For someone who's supposed to have such, you know, a loud voice when it comes to the Me Too movement and such, she's got a very backwards view when it comes to the whole Victor Selva situation. But to be fair, that's just Rose McGowan. I used to love her, like, so much. I thought she was absolutely stunning. I loved all her work. And then she just went downhill real fast. Politics, people. Politics ruins people. Anyway. (laughs) 
Moving on to Jonathan Brack. Jonathan Brack, who's played the Creeper ever since the original cult hit took flight in 2001. Now, almost two decades later, Brack has leapt to Selva's defense, stating, Obviously, it's a very serious issue. But I can truthfully say that the very first time I met Victor, it was 2000 and the internet wasn't what it is today. I didn't even know anything about his background when I met him. I had the advantage of just getting to know him for who he was how he treated me, and what kind of artist he was. I got to know him through my own personal experience with the guy. It's one of the best creative experiences I've ever had working on these films. A real highlight of my career. I just think it's a shame because in this day and age, the internet being what the internet is, it's been great in a lot of respects, and in some respects, it's really cheated us. We can sit in our office or sit in a room and type somebody's name and read something about somebody and judge them in 10 seconds and think we know them. The truth is, Victor's not the same guy he was 33 years ago. He's just not. Most people aren't. I believe people deserve second chances. It was a horrible thing that happened and a horrible mistake that Victor made, and nothing can change that. But I know who the guy is today, and he's not the same person, and I'd like to see him have a second chance. But then there are those who feel like he should just crawl in a hole and bring the dirt in on top of him. That he shouldn't have the chance to make a living and he should just go away and never be seen or heard from again. And that's certainly their right to feel that way. Working for him has been one of the biggest privileges of my career. I can say that with 100% confidence, there is a redemption in all of us. Well, of course you didn't have the same fucking experience because you're a grown-ass man. He likes kitties. <laughs> I'm sorry, but these people just irritate me. Their, you know, reasonings make no sense whatsoever. It's like, I worked for him for so long and I had the best experience and the best career. And it's like, well, no shit, because you're a grown-ass adult. He wasn't into you. He wasn't into grown-ass adults. He's into kids. He's into young boys. That's just how it is. Anyway... Moving on to Jeepers Creepers 3. In 2015, Jeepers Creepers 3, now financed by Myriad Pictures, was set to begin filming in Vancouver, where the locals' actors' union decided to intervene. The controversy was sparked by a sketchy casting call for the film. According to Deadline, the Bulletin sought an 18-year-old actress for the role of Addison, who at the age of 13 had been sent to live with her grandmother after her stepfather started making overtures to her. The Union of British Columbia Performers took it upon themselves to publicise Selva's past to local talent agents, writing, It has recently come to our attention that a casting breakdown has gone out for a feature film entitled Jeepers Creepers 3 and that the director of the film, Victor Selva, was convicted of sexual misconduct in 1988. The conviction allegedly resulted from misconduct involving a minor who Mr. Selva was directing at the time. At this time, he would like to remind our members, sorry, at this time we would like to remind our members and their agents that under Article A2702, the safety and welfare of a minor of the BC Master Production Agreement, a performer has the right to refuse work if they believe that the nature of the work is unsafe. The casting website subsequently removed the posting, releasing a statement that upon learning of this notice and our own verification of the facts surrounding Selva's conviction, Breakdown Services has removed this project from its files. All submissions made by an agent on this project are no longer available to the casting director nor any member of the production staff. Principal photography for the film began a year later after filming was moved from Vancouver to Baton Rouge. But that was just the beginning of the backlash to this controversial film. In March, IndieWire reported on a Change.org petition urging consumers to boycott the horror flick. The petition read, Japers Creepers 3 is currently in production. 
the director and creator of this franchise, Victor Selva, used his position to rape a 12-year-old boy in 1988 during the filming of the movie Clown House. He was convicted and served a measly 15 months in prison. As the three largest movie theatre chains in the US, I urge you not to show this movie in your theatres. The profits from Jeepers Creepers 3 line the pockets of a pedophile. Monsters belong on the screen, not behind the camera. I also urge other members of the horror movie community to take a stance. Spread the word and don't watch this film. As the film's impeding release continued to stir up controversy, Nathan Winters issued a statement in which he said that Selva molested him for six years of my childhood. In August, Jeepers Creepers 3 planned September premiere was cancelled by the theatre, possibly fearing protests. Winters subsequently clarified that he did not call for the cancellation, explaining due to the nature of the controversy which led to the cancellation of the premiere of Jeepers Creepers 3, would like to make it known that we had no part in the events that took place. While we are humbled, it should be made clear that we believe that it is the viewer's choice whether to watch a Victor Silva film. We want Jeepers Creepers fans to know that we understand their frustration. Our purpose in this isn't to stop Victor from working, only to let the truth be brought to light. Winters is currently crowdfunding for a nationwide speaking tour, bringing awareness to the issue of child sexual abuse and a subsequent documentary about my journey from victim to survivor. While Jeepers Creepers 3 did eventually make its way to theatres, it's been called out by critics who noticed some truly frightening content in an early cut of the film. According to IndieWire, Jeepers Creepers 3 does not depict any kind of child molestation, but it does include one moment where two characters are discussing why Addison no longer lives with her stepfather. So this is the same line that um, I brought up previously earlier on in the episode. It says, where can you blame him though? I mean, look at her, the character says. The heart wants what it wants, am I right? <sighs> Just saying it out loud makes me feel gross. The disturbing joke which appeared in the screening link that was sent to critics has reportedly been removed from the theatrical cut thank god Selva's apparent urge to make light of his character's trauma not to mention including the sexual abuse of a 13 year old as backstory in the first place brings an added layer of horror to an already disturbing story <sighs> so <laughs> that's the backstory on that one victor Selva has always been a director that's always appeared in multiple conversations I've had with people. Um, you bring up Jeepers Creepers, you bring up horror. Unfortunately, there's a lot of real life horror within the horror community, but there's also, there's, there's also a lot of love and a lot of light within the horror community. It's just unfortunate that there's a lot of these situations that shade all the good people and all the good work out there. I'm not one to suggest people not to watch or listen to certain things based on the person who's created or the person who's behind it. I actually thoroughly enjoy the first Jeepers Creepers movie, but I do find it extremely uncomfortable to watch knowing this backstory and knowing what happened on set or in the background. I have not seen, I've not seen the sequel and I've not seen number three. And there's also Reborn, which actually, from my understanding, has nothing to do with Selva. It's more of a side film. Um, I haven't seen that either. And that's not just because of Victor Selva. Um, as much as I did enjoy the first one, I don't think it's like a fantastic, oh my god, film. So it's not something that I always draw myself back to. But in a more serious note, we need to be doing something about these people, whether it's within the film industry or within just the community itself, general community at home, people you know. We need harder sentencing. We need a better justice system. And this is, as I said earlier, this is someone who's from Australia, so I'm only basing what I say on Australian justice system. 
but from what I've seen and even in this case alone I can see the US isn't much better so just to have just to have gone through stuff like that and have it public like I've brought up my own traumas and my own situations on my other podcast sweet and sour nuggies hashtag shameless plug (laughs) but I'm making that public on my own accord (sighs) to make a statement against him and because he's you know a director and, and in that limelight everything is able to be found everything's able you know everything's on google everything is very easily found but like if if that was someone else in the industry most people in the industry not everyone because there's a lot of people that you know are helped and hidden but like let's say you're not in the industry and you get sentenced to those 15 months like you're not allowed to work around children you're officially on the sex registry sex offender registry like you you can't just go ahead and then I don't know become a school teacher the next day like that's not how it works but yet this creep has been able to be around young adults and and young children which I understand young adults isn't the same and I and I appreciate what Vancouver were doing when they first found out about Jeepers Creepers 3 being released and being made and, and the adverts that were out for the casting but even so like he shouldn't be allowed he shouldn't be allowed he shouldn't be allowed to cast he shouldn't be allowed to direct I'm sorry if people think that's harsh but it's just how I see it I don't think it's fair that people get wrongfully accused of much less and have life sentencing or multiple years and behind bars and this creep who's actually admitted to doing it gets 15 months and then that's it okay sure he gets publicly publicly ridiculed but it's not the same (sighs) so so with that being said I'm going to bring this episode to an end thank you so much for listening um Due to the time of year and my workload at the moment, I just wanted to say that I'm not releasing these on a schedule or releasing any content on a schedule. Um, Jess is out of action until further notice. Um, It is just me at the moment and I've got a fuck ton of work to do, like my actual day-to-day job between Christmas and, and birthdays and everything at this time of year. I'm just hectic. So I appreciate you guys following along. I appreciate you guys listening. I thank you so much for the support, especially over on Twitter. You guys are absolutely amazing. Um, But these episodes will be released when I can. (laughs) At this point, there's just, there's no schedule. It's just, is what it is. But with that being said, I still know who's next in this little series I'm doing. And that would be Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. Um, If you don't know who that is, I'd say Google, but that might ruin everything. (laughs) But he's from the silent era of films. Quite a disgusting human being, to be honest. But we'll go into all of that in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening and have a fantastic day. Bye. Hey, it's Ebony here, and I'm here to let you know that if you've enjoyed this episode of the Gruesome Twosome Movie Reviewsome, you can find us on other platforms. That's right, we are on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, and more. You can also follow us on social media at G-R-U-E-T-W-O underscore movies. Gru2 underscore movies. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Hope to see you there.